Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, welcome back to the House of Mystery. And now, joining us for the Zodiac Files is our Zodiac historian, uh, Michael Butterfield. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Well, so, um, now, you know, of course, the Zodiac show's been on, and people have been watching it a lot, and uh, ratings are good. Um, Now, of course, I'm just a true crime buff, and I know just a few things, but not... Not like you guys, not like you and uh, Morph and all the other big uh, Zodiac experts. Um, so for a lot of people watching the show, they're not going to know a lot of what Zodiac was. And for me, I'm thinking Zodiac show has been missing a lot of the um, uh, the case. Uh, they've just sort of jumped around and there's no real layout of the case. So I'm thinking this week we should maybe... Uh, maybe lay out some of the case, some of the uh, the basic facts. Sure. Well, like you said, the show focuses a lot on suspected Zodiac crimes, um, but there are four crimes for which most people believe the Zodiac was responsible. The first was a shooting of a young couple near Benicia, California on December 20th, 1968. David Faraday and Betty Lou Jensen were on their first date together. They were high school students. They parked in a lover's lane spot, and shortly after 11 p.m., another car drove up. We don't know exactly what happened, but both of the teenagers were shot. David was shot once in the head, and Betty Lou was shot five times in the back, apparently as she was trying to run away. That case remained unsolved for many months. There were no viable suspects. They had no real uh, information about the killer's Appearance. They had a, a witness who said they had seen a vehicle. That was about it. And then in July of 1969, another couple, uh, Michael Michaud and Darlene Farron, were sitting in a parked car at Blue Rock Springs Park in Vallejo, which is approximately two miles away from the scene of Lake Herman Road. A car drove up, and a man got out of the car, shining a bright light. He walked up to the passenger side, and he opened fire with a gun. And Mike and Darlene were both hit several times. The man walked away, and apparently Michael Majot made some sort of noise that triggered the man to come back. Apparently he, <clears throat> excuse me, apparently he reloaded, and he opened fire on them again and shot both of them several times. 
the man got in his car. He drove away. Michael Nijot struggled to get out of the car, and some passing motorists saw him. The police were alerted. But approximately 12.40 p.m., the Vallejo Police Department received a telephone call from someone who claimed to have been responsible for the shooting. He described the ammunition that was used. He described the location and where the and the victim's car as well. Um, but he also took credit for the shooting on Lake Herman Road in that phone call, which was the first time these two crimes were connected. That investigation also stalled. The police investigated Darlene Farron and Michael Majot to see if there was anyone who may have wanted to hurt them. They found no viable suspects, but while they were trying to investigate this case, three Bay Area newspapers received three virtually identical handwritten letters. Each claimed to be from the killer and claimed to provide information that was known only to the killer, including the position of the victim's bodies, the ammunition that was used, the number of shots that were fired. And this note was signed with a small crossed circle symbol. The letters themselves began with the phrase, um, I'm trying to make sure I get this right, I am the murderer. Police were not entirely convinced, and in a press conference they asked that the killer write another letter with more details to prove that he was responsible. And shortly after that, another letter arrived, and that was the first letter that contained the phrase, this is the Zodiac speaking. So that was the first time that name had been introduced. Along with these letters, there were three parts of a cipher. And the letter said that the newspapers were to publish this cipher in, in their newspapers, or the killer would go on a killing rampage over a weekend and kill a dozen people. And this was sort of similar to what happened with the Unabomber years later, where the Unabomber demanded that the newspapers publish his manifesto. There was a great discussion about the ethics involved, the responsibility of, uh, you know, right. allowing a murderer to decide what they were going to publish. But I guess eventually they all decided to publish the cipher. The cipher was then solved by a, a teacher and his wife. And the cipher began with the phrase, I like killing people because it's so much fun. Um, the, the letter had claimed that the cipher would include the killer's identity, but when solved, the cipher apparently did not include his identity. There were uh, 18 letters of what appears to be gibberish at the end of the message. Some people believe it could be another coded message. Other people believe it's just filler to round out the code and make it harder to solve. Um, but while everyone was scrambling to deal with the effects of the letters and the ciphers and the threats, the Zodiac appeared at Lake Berryessa on September 27, 1969. Uh, it's north of Napa, California. And Brian Hartnell and Cecilia Shepard were college students, and they had gotten together and were relaxing on the lake there when a man walked up wearing a bizarre hooded costume. It was a dark costume that covered his head, and then a, a portion of it came over the chest. And on the chest was a white crossed circle, the same symbol used in the Zodiac letters. This man apparently told them that he had escaped from a prison and that he needed their car and some money to escape. And reluctantly, Brian and Cecilia allowed themselves to be tied up 
because they believed they were only going to be robbed. But unfortunately, once they were tied up, the man took out a foot-long butcher knife or a foot-long knife and stabbed Brian in the back approximately six times until he pretended to be dead. Then the man moved on to Cecilia. He stabbed her approximately ten times. Brian said later on that he believed that happened because Cecilia fought back so much. And once he had stabbed her approximately ten times, the man stopped for whatever reason. He got up and he walked back up to the road where Brian Hartnell's car was parked. The man then took out a pen and wrote on the car door the dates of the first two shootings under the uh, name Vallejo. And then after that, he wrote the date of the stabbing, the time, and then he wrote the method down below that said, by knife. After leaving that message, the man then drove back down into Napa, and he placed a phone call to the Napa Police Department, where he took credit for the crime and directed the authorities to the crime scene. When police arrived, and they found the where investigators arrived and they found the message on the car door coupled with the phone call, it seemed pretty clear that that was a Zodiac crime. And some handwriting experts determined that the writing on the car door matched the writing in the Zodiac letters. So this provided what was believed to be the first solid link between the crimes and the letters themselves. So once again, there was a great panic about this. It was a terrifying case, a man dressed up in a costume, stabbing victims, placing a phone call afterwards, you know, that kind of thing didn't happen. So while people were struggling with that, the Zodiac then reappeared in San Francisco in an upscale residential neighborhood known as Presidio Heights. On the night of October 11, 1969, he apparently hailed a cab somewhere in San Francisco and directed the driver to the intersection of Washington and Maple Street in Presidio Heights. For some reason, the cab was found one block further west at the intersection of Washington and Cherry Streets. And some witnesses were alerted to something going on. They looked outside. They saw a man doing something in the cab with the driver's body. The man then got out of the cab walked around to the driver's side, appeared to be wiping it down or doing something like that, and then he walked north on Cherry Street and disappeared. The police showed up, went off in search of him. According to one story, two police officers actually drove by the killer as he was walking away, but unfortunately, a police broadcast had described the suspect as a black man instead of a white man. So when the officers saw this man, they concluded that he wasn't the suspect. And according to the officer, they kept driving. So if it weren't for that mistaken description of the killer, it's very possible he could have been caught that night. We don't know what, what would have happened if the police had confronted him. Maybe there would have been a shootout. Maybe he would have just surrendered. But because of that mistake, he appears to have escaped that night. And at the time, nobody knew it was a Zodiac crime. They thought it was just a what we might call a routine robbery murder. Right. But a couple of days later, the San Francisco Chronicle received a letter which began with the phrase, this is the Zodiac speaking, and said, I am the murderer of the taxi driver. And to prove that, inside the envelope was a piece of the cab driver's bloodstained shirt. The Zodiac letter then mocked police for failing to catch him that night and then included a threat 
to murder school children. He said he was going to shoot out the tire of a school bus and then pick off the kiddies as they came bouncing out. And of course, that threat sent shivers through the Bay Area. Um, police officers, sheriff's officers, uh, deputies, law enforcement of all kind were assigned to protect school buses along bus routes. Drivers were given instructions on what to do in case somebody did shoot at the bus. Um, and there's, I always like to bring this up, there's an amazing piece of video from that period of time where a reporter's got a cameraman with him and he's interviewing a bus driver and asking if uh, the bus driver's afraid of the Zodiac. And this little kid in the bus says, I ain't afraid of no Zodiac or something <laughs> like that. Obviously not knowing really what was going on. Yeah. But that was the last known Zodiac murder. There were many letters after that uh, throughout 1969, 1970, and 1971. A lot of strange, rambling letters with more threats. Some of the letters contained long quotations from the Gilbert and Sullivan musical, The Mikado. Uh, there were greeting cards, like a greeting card that said, I'm sorry, I haven't written, but I just washed my pen. Um, there was all kinds of strange uh, ciphers, maps, postcards, clues, but none of it led to the Zodiac's identity. There was a suspected Zodiac crime in March of 1970 when a woman claimed that she'd been abducted and escaped from the killer. And shortly after that was in the news, a Zodiac letter apparently took credit for that failed abduction. We don't know for sure that it was the Zodiac, but it appears that at the very least he wanted people to think it was him. But the letters sort of faded out after 1971. Then there was a three-year period of silence. And in 1974, there was a series of letters that did not use the name Zodiac. <clears throat> Excuse me. But handwriting experts believe they were written by the Zodiac. And by this time, the Zodiac appears to have transformed himself into some kind of social critic of some kind. Um, one of the letters complained about the glorification of violence in uh, advertisements for the movie The Badlands. I don't know if you remember that movie about uh, the Richard Starkweather killing spree with Martin Sheen and Sissy Spacek. Right. Yeah. Apparently, the Zodiac was offended by the glorification of violence in the advertisements. Um, he also apparently wrote a letter about the uh, Symbionese Liberation Army, where he reminded readers that the uh, initials SLA spelled the word slay, which is a, another word for kill. Um, he apparently complained about a columnist in the San Francisco Chronicle named Count Marco. Um, and call, I believe he called him something like psychotic and said he should be sent back to the hellhole from whence he came. Um, and then there was the letter in, in January of 1974 where the Zodiac said that he had seen the movie The Exorcist and thought it was the best satirical comedy he had ever seen. <laughs> Which is not how most people would describe no. the movie. No. Uh, but, you know, The Exorcist was really big in the news at that time. And we don't know why the Zodiac thought it was worth mentioning. But at the end of that letter, there was another uh, quote from the Gilbert and Sullivan musical Mikado, which referred to suicide. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
Alright, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month and six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And some people believe that it was a reference to the Zodiac either killing himself or that it might have symbolized somehow the death of the Zodiac persona. Because after that, like I said, those four letters did not use the name Zodiac. But after that, that appears to be the end of the Zodiac letters. There were other letters that came, but those were largely determined to be forgeries. So the last known communication we have is from 1974. So you have a, a crime spree that lasts at least from 1968 to 1974, and that appears to be where it ended. But he wasn't killing people the last years. No, and that's what's strange. Some of the Zodiac letters contained what have been described as box scores, where it would say, uh, you know, a little Zodiac symbol, and then it would, an equal sign and a number, and then below it, it would say SFPD for the San Francisco Police Department, and zero which was clearly meant to describe that the San Francisco Police Department were the losers. Um, but those box scores kept going up and up and up until in 1974, in that exorcist letter, the box score was 37, which may have been an indication that he was claiming to have killed 37 people, or it could have just been something to confuse people or confound them. But if he did kill 37 people, we have no idea who those people are. Um, 
you know, it's possible he just inflated that number. But yeah, the, it appears to have ended in 1969, but the letters continued at least until 71 and then on in, again in 74, which is an indication that the killing may not have been the most important aspect of all this to the Zodiac. It may have been the attention, or at the very least, acting out some part of his fantasy where murder was not the primary purpose. Yeah, I was going to say, now, what, now did the police or investigators uh, come up with an opinion on why he chose the, the people that he did to kill? Was there an overall sense of why he was killing? Well, I don't know exactly what investigators believed outside of what's in the available police reports, but, you know, at the time, serial killers were a rel relatively new phenomenon to law enforcement and to the public. As a matter of fact, that phrase, serial killer, didn't really exist in common usage at that time. So people were still grasping how these kinds of killers worked. And, of course, I'm sure you've heard in your own research and writings about a phrase, uh, linkage blindness, right. where law enforcement agencies are sometimes unwilling or unable to recognize the connections between, between crimes. So there was some discussion that some of these crimes may not be connected. The Zodiac may be taking credit for a crime that he didn't commit. But there were several points in each case which were similar. Uh, we don't know why he chose his victims, but he appears to have chosen them at random. It, he, it wasn't the victims themselves that were the primary uh, selection. It seems to have been the location. He, he may have selected a location first and then killed who was ever there. So he sought out these Lover's Lane-like areas on Lake Herman Road and Blue Rock Springs, and you could also argue at Lake Berryessa. But then that explanation sort of gets turned on its head when you get to the cab drive. Because these other crimes took place in isolated areas, again, that were more lover's lane spots, and the, the victims were couples. Um, but in this instance, again, the Zodiac got in the victim's cab and allowed the victim to drive him to this location and then shot this lone male cab driver. Uh, so we don't really know much about why he did what he did. Um, but it appears that at a certain point, especially with the murder of the cab driver, he took the time to remove portions of the victim's shirt so that he could later mail them with his messages to prove that they were authentic. That seems to be where he lost interest in killing, at least as far as we can tell. So why he did what he did, I think, will always remain a mystery unless he confesses and tells us. And even then, that might not be the truth. But... Um, I'm not really sure why he did what he did, but he seemed to, the murders themselves seemed to be necessary in order for him to earn the clout to get his messages published in the newspapers. And so, now, did he torture any of the victims, or was it just straight-out killing? There's no evidence that he ever tortured any of his victims, and ironically, he doesn't even appear to have made a concerted effort to make sure they were dead before he left the scene. Uh, at Lake Herman Road, one of the victims was still breathing when police arrived. However, he died shortly after that. But at Blue Rock Springs, Michael Mijot survived. And he survived to describe what happened and, to the best of his ability, what the killer looked like. All the, the description was not very uh, 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 detailed. 
Um, but Darlene Farron was still alive for a short period of time, too. At Lake Berryessa, Brian Hartnell survived. Cecilia Shepard survived for two more days. Um, so he didn't stop to make sure they were dead. And, and I'm sure you know from your own research that that's usually the primary purpose of serial killing, is killing. <laughs> and it seems in these instances he wasn't interested in torturing them, but he also wasn't interested in ensuring they were dead. Because, you know, with Paul Stein, the cab driver in San Francisco, he shot him in the head and he died. So the Zodiac was perfectly capable of pulling off that kind of a crime, which means that that wasn't his primary motive. He wasn't primarily concerned with killing these people as much as it appears he was primarily concerned with creating this event. And like I said, that event could then be used as the clout which earned him the right to be published in newspapers. Um, I don't know uh, what was more important to him, killing or writing letters, but if you look at the evidence, he committed a few crimes and then he wrote, what, two dozen letters. Right. Now, and the the other question someone might have is, um, was there a particular way that they were able to tie the letters together? As in, how do they know there wasn't copycats like Jack the Ripper and stuff? How do they know there was? they were all his? Well, several handwriting experts have examined what is considered the Zodiac canon of letters. Um, and many of what I believe, without exception, most of them have concluded that all of these letters were written by one individual. At Lake Berryessa, like I, as I mentioned, the writing on the car door was determined to be similar to the writing in the Zodiac letters. The M.O. was similar, too. Even though he used a knife instead of a gun, he committed a crime, and then he called the police afterwards, similar to the Blue Rock Spring shooting. Um, but there's something... It's Like with most cases, there may not be definitive evidence linking two crimes. You know, For instance, uh, the crimes of Ted Bundy. Um, it's largely believed that Ted Bundy killed at least, what, 30 or 40 women? Right. But in most of those cases, there's no evidence whatsoever linking them together. It's largely common sense, reason, logic, and that. So with the Zodiac, we rely on that a lot, too. But the letters are a link between the crimes because at Lake Berryessa, you have the killer attacking the couple. Then you have the killer's boot prints leading up to the car door where the message, handwritten message was left. Experts determined that message was written by the same person who wrote the previous letters. And then in the case of San Francisco, the letter that arrived contained a bloodstained piece of the victim's shirt with another handwritten letter that authorities determined was written by the person who wrote the Zodiac letters. So in those four cases, at least, it's believed that those are the four known Zodiac crimes. They're linked by some evidence, largely the handwriting, the MO, the behavior, uh, things like that. But it is a common problem. Um, one of the things that the Zodiac TV show is focusing on, <clears throat> excuse me, is uh, the suspected crimes, the crimes which may be linked to the Zodiac. And those are, you know, like the Sherry Jo Bates case in Riverside, the abduction of Kathleen Johns that the Zodiac mentioned in a letter, the disappearance of a nurse in Lake Tahoe, um, and then a, the murder of a, a young couple in Santa Barbara in 1963. Those crimes are similar. <clears throat> there are some 
reasons to believe the Zodiac may have been involved, but we don't have any definitive link and there's no handwriting in those cases. Um, but in the Riverside case, there are some messages that were sent to the police, the local newspaper, and even the victim's father, uh, which some handwriting experts believed were written by the Zodiac, although that remains a point of contention. Now, was there ever a, an FBI profile made of what they thought the Zodiac person would be? You know, like, um, have you ever come across that? I've never, they, they never released anything officially. Um, in the FBI files that were released uh, in the late 1990s, which pertained largely to the investigation of the suspect named Arthur Lee Allen, the man who was uh, shown in the David Fincher film and who's been in a lot of documentaries, there is a brief uh, portion in there where someone from the Vallejo Police Department who was investigating the case contacted the FBI and included in their report some of the comments made by an FBI agent about the profile of the Zodiac. Um, forgive me, I can't remember all the details off the top of my head right now, but it was largely uh, kind of the standard idea of a profile, the idea that not so much about what kind of person he was, but what behavior might be typical of him. And one of the things that I believe was mentioned in there was the idea that the killer would keep trophies to remember and relive his crimes, uh, which I believe was based on the idea that uh, at the scene of the murder in San Francisco, the murder of the cab driver, the Zodiac appears to have taken his wallet and car keys as well. Um, those have never resurfaced, although Portions of the victim's shirt were included in at least, I believe, three different messages over the years, and there's still a large portion of that shirt that has never been uh, sent, has never resurfaced. So the Zodiac may be hanging on to these things if he's still alive. He may be using them to relive his crimes. But other than that, the profiles of the Zodiac that I've heard from amateurs and experts over the years, um, they differ widely. Um, and I tend to believe that the truth may lie somewhere in between two different extremes. You know, you have some people who believe the Zodiac was some sort of super master criminal, and then other people who believe he was some kind of drooling psychopath with horns coming out of his head. Um, I think it's probably somewhere in the middle. He may have been uh, a seemingly normal person, which is probably how he was able to avoid detection for so long, and how he was able to uh, win his victims over. We know in the, in the case of the murder of the cab driver that he you know, got in the cab, he must have chatted with him a little bit or something while they were driving. Uh, someone who fit the more uh, standard conception of what people think a serial killer is, you know, some kind of hulking mass or something like that, uh, would probably be harder to get people to uh, trust him. So it's possible he was a seemingly normal individual. Um, I don't know why he did what he did. Uh, I think there's a lot of disagreement about why he did what he did. But I think one thing is clear out of all that, and that is that uh, the Zodiac's crimes are bizarre. I don't, I don't know any other case where you have a case where a guy's wearing a, a, his own homemade costume with his chosen symbol on his chest. Uh, 
you know, who, who writes letters to newspapers quoting from Gilbert and Sullivan musicals. I mean, that's just unheard of. So one of the things that I think keeps the Zodiac in uh, people's minds and keeps him a popular figure in the annals of crime history is just how bizarre and, and different he is from everything else we've experienced. Yeah, it's a pretty amazing story. Well, um, that's going to be it for today, and that's a great uh great uh, zodiac basic for listeners and if they stay tuned in the future episodes we're going to go through the profiles and the people that may have been his victims and the people that uh, are suspects Mm -hmm. so again thank you michael thanks for having me you've been listening to the house of mystery radio show to find out more about our guests hosts All shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.